Hello, hello. Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. If you're new to Droolish, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing on helping you get your mind off of your day, relax, reduce mind chatter, and probably, I really don't even have a script for this, I just say the same thing over and over, but really at the end of the day, I really just want to help you fall asleep. I have uh, different ambiance, background noises, primarily white noise and rain that tends to be blended in, mixed with my voice that tends to be yawn-inducing to hopefully create a sleepy environment that can reduce insomnia and, in my mind, just kind of just get you tired and get your mind off of your day. That being said, today, I actually, I talk about a variety of subject, uh, subjects, I forgot to mention that, and today is no different. We are circling back to 2019, we're kind of, where the podcast kind of gained its initial traction, uh, and we're going to be talking about sports picks, uh, primarily NFL. I've waited a long time for this, and honestly, if you guys are, uh, you know, regular listeners, you guys know that my schedule has not been uh, consistent at all. And, you know, it's unfortunate to say that I don't think that's going to change. Um, but I'll explain that more in the, uh, parting, you know, the final parting moments. Um, but let's just get straight into the details more or less. So, uh, last year, uh, if you guys listened to all the episodes, you, you would find that, uh, started out as doing standard football picks, which evolved into actual betting, uh, which then evolved into kind of using uh, analytics and sports modeling. And I talk about those in different episodes. You guys can look at those and you can listen to the results. Um, but long story short, uh, all of my spread picks, which if you guys aren't familiar, spreads are just kind of the handicap for teams that are winning or losing, uh, won 70% of the time last year. And throughout the playoffs, uh, while, I was, while I still ended up winning a decent amount, as in break-even, uh, it's not, you know, it's not where I wanted to be. And generally, reg- regular season is where, uh, you know, where I thrive. On the flip side, if you listen to the Super Bowl episode, you'd find that, especially in episode two, uh, part two, I should say, uh, we pretty much went flawless in all the prop bets. So if you listen and you made those bets, you made a sweet payday as well as myself. So that was pretty cool. So I figured this year, uh, I know I'm not going to have too much time, and I'm going to focus strictly on sports bets. Uh, the betting portions, and offer my logic and all that fun jazz. Um, hopefully, if I do have more time, I'll talk more about the anti-power rankings. Um, but in this particular case, <coughs> uh, we're going to try to start off this year with a bang. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be changing, and I'm going to address those first. So first and foremost, I'm going to be specifically talking about probably week over week, if I'm able to have those episodes, to talk about my bets, my spread picks, the ones that I've done my due diligence on, or at least I have a decent idea that are good value. I'm talking about some over-under games as well. And my favorite are the underdog picks, which I'll get to that logic in in whenever I get to it. And lastly, actually I might start out with this, um, is survival picks. Last year I had a survival football pool. I lost in week one. I gave my logic. Everything made sense. Really, I think the game ended up in a tie. I think it was the Lions-Arizona uh, game. So therefore, I lost by default. Um, so 
This year is going to be a little bit different, and I figure I'm going to do all of you a favor and explain what's changed. And I'm not talking about NFL rule changes. I'm talking about the world changes and how that impacts the NFL. So sit back, relax, or, you know, if you can't fall asleep, uh, turn on a dim light, get a notepad, and maybe uh, take some of these picks and go on one of the sports betting sites I talk about and go ahead and do it. This episode should be released on the 9th of September, which gives you at least one full day to make some of these picks for the start of the opening season. I do not talk about that game. I do not talk about the Kansas City game specifically, um, except for one instance. But I figure if I release this Wednesday, then you guys can make your changes, adjustments, and so on and so forth. And again, I do keep track of all of my picks. and. Uh, I can share the spreadsheet if there is interest, and um, yeah, so let's let's dive into it. So we're going to talk about survival football first, and if you guys are unfamiliar with survival football, I talked about this last year as well. It's a game. It's pretty much a it's pretty much a league where you and whoever wants to join up, you sign up, and every game every week you pick one team to win. That's it. There's nothing special about that. That for that part. Now, what it gets fun and crazy is that once you pick a team to win, if they win, you're not allowed to pick that team again. So as you go up, as you go throughout the season, all of the sure teams that are winning and doing well, uh, you won't be able to pick those again. So you have to pay attention to the matchups more keenly, and it gets pretty insane. Now, there are there, there's the biggest uh, there generally, I should say. The roughest weeks are week one, because going back to what I call the world changes, COVID has really screwed up everything in regards to sports betting, in regards to how you gauge games, and there has been very, very limited information on how teams have reacted. So there is literally almost zero information on how teams are going to be performing, and we're only basing everything off of news, we're basing it off of like the team trades and everything. And that happens every year. Uh, the problem is we don't actually have a preseason to at least have a semblance of, of how they look. So we're going based off of team word and probably insiders that are very familiar with teams. So someone like me, who generally has a keen eye on all these teams, uh, one, I have not been paying too much attention throughout COVID uh, for obvious reasons. Um, so my information is limited. So this week one is going to be rough. So. I actually have two survival football pools I'm in, and I joined this on, uh, I believe, Bet Online. So it's betonline.ag. I talk about them pretty frequently. Um, it's a sports book I generally use. That and my bookie. Now um, they both have survival football leagues, and one of them has a free pool, which I think if you win it all, you get like ten thousand dollars. And then I entered a twenty-five dollar pool, which if you win that, you win a hundred thousand dollars. I'm very confident in all these. Uh, last year was a weird exception where technically I didn't lose, it was a tie, um, and that's on the Lions for blowing a 17-point lead. Um, yeah. So, uh, you, you, you know, you can you can say the pick was right, and still the, the, the team has to follow through. So that's still on me. Um, I can't blame Detroit for that. But this year, I figured to hedge some of my bets here and try to go for two teams and see where that goes. Uh, like I said, week one, the toughest week. We have no information going into this except with the news articles and what people are feeling and saying and maybe if you go on Instagram you can kind of get a good idea of how players are, are acting and, and you, can kind of, you can kind of get a, a gist of how things are going. Now, 
my general style in picking teams in almost all across the board is a combination of kind of team flow, chemistry, how they're playing recently, and just kind of get an overall of feel of how the team is uh, playing with their demeanor and the coaching. So, the, I mean, it's, it has, actually has less to do with what they do, like player by player, but more to do with how the team goes and flows and meshes. So, it's a different angle, but again, it's, uh, it's proved to be very fruitful in my end. And there is no right way or wrong way to analyze your picks. You, at the end of the day, it's all pretty much happenstance, and we're trying to get ourselves a decent edge on most of these games. And in survival, all we have to do is just pick the winner outright, so it makes it a little bit easier. And again, week one is the most shenanigan week. So this week, this is actually going to be a pretty big week to talk about NFL, and probably moving forward, it won't be as in-depth. So, my $25 pool, I have picked the Patriots to beat. I forgot who they're playing. I just know I made a pick. So I'm going to look at the NFL schedule this week. And I did all my research a couple days ago, so most of this is just like it's already locked in, but I just have to recall the logic of why I make these picks. So I picked the Patriots to beat do my control F? The Panthers. No, that's not the Panthers. Patriots, Dolphins. Yeah. So this game's coming up Sunday at one o'clock. I have the Patriots being the Dolphins. And this is a flat out outright win. Uh, the big reason is that regardless of when Tom Brady is playing for the Pats or not, the Patriots have beaten their they've won they beat, they won their spread. Like they keep the spread like I think 75% of the time forever. With Tom Brady, without Tom Brady. So Tom Brady has been with the Patriots well, until this year for what, almost 19 years, 18 years or something like that. But they have just been incredibly consistent, regardless. But the sample size of non-Tom Brady games is still pretty sizable, and I think the years when they didn't have Tom Brady, they I think they finished 11 and five and missed the playoffs. And again, it, it was a strong Patriots team. So I'm really sticking with Bill Belichick. He is he's a goat coach, just like Tom Brady's a goat QB. A lot of players want to go with them. I'm not defaulting against the Patriots uh, as a team. Now the Dolphins are a very wild wild card team like i just they are ridiculous like with fitzpatrick in you can expect nothing or everything and uh i mean the game should be interesting itself now i don't know if patriots have uh they're gonna have fans at their stadium uh, but the big thing with that is the home field advantage in these games is almost minimal compared to years back las vegas used to offer i think about like a three-point advantage to, to the home team i don't know if that adjustment has been corrected um, Post-COVID, I would honestly probably give it like a one, like maybe a half point or maybe a one point advantage um, because it's because they're, they're going to pipe in crowd noise. And for a lot of players, and I've seen this in the NBA, is that for a lot of players, the crowd is a big factor when it comes to mental state. And a lot of players who didn't do well, I'm talking about the NBA, who didn't do well earlier in the season, somehow blossomed post-COVID and have been dominated. And I kind of expect the same thing to happen here with the Dolphins and Patriots. That are, you know, a lot of unknowns are going to be showing up. But when it comes down to the coaching, I trust the Patriots over the Dolphins, and I think the Patriots are going to flat out. So this should be a fairly—I don't want to say painless. I mean, I'm going to say it's probably a sweat, but this game should be an interesting game. But I think Patriots are going to Patriots it up and win uh, flat out. 
So uh, that is my survival pick that for my $25 pool. Now the other game, I have this because I don't think I can, I don't think I'll be able to pick this team at any point throughout the rest of the season. And that is the Steelers. So the Steelers are facing the Giants. The Steelers are a quote-unquote an away team. And the biggest reason why I'm saying the Steelers is going to win this game, uh, well, frankly, is because Ben Roethlisberger is back. Uh, the Steelers' defense has always been insane. Uh, the, the defense kind of kept them in the season all of last year, despite the fact that they had two barely backup quality QBs in the helm. And now with Big Ben's back, I don't know if he's going to be injured or when he's going to get injured, but I want to cash in on my Steelers' victory if they Ben is in. That has to be my ASAP pick. The Giants, they were a cruddy team last year. Uh, I think they've made some improvements, but it's not going to be enough to stop the Steelers. I think this is probably going to be, again, a fairly low risk. I can't not guarantee a victory or whatever, but it's also going to be a Monday night game. And I don't think I've seen the Giants actually show up in Monday night games. So uh, the Steelers, I think, are going to, if it ends up being a close game, I think the Steelers are also going to find a way to win. And just like the Patriots, when it comes down to the end of these games, I try to think of like how the games are going to play out, and despite the fact that uh, there's still a lot of unknowns based on post-COVID. When the push comes to the show, Steelers have always shown, or frequently have shown, that they can come back and win in a lot of these games, if it ends up being close. So, I have Patriots in one of my leagues, and I have Steelers in the other. And last year, like I said, I made the mistake of going very aggro with the Detroit Lions, but when I look at all these matchups, in the back of my mind, I just don't trust any of these teams. I don't trust the Chiefs tomorrow. I, I mean, I should, but I just don't. Um, also, I don't want to... If the Chiefs are going to lose randomly, I'd rather them get out of the way now so I can pick, <laughs> pick an easier team. But looking at the schedule, there's not any team where I feel really comfortable out of the gate. There's so many unknowns. Uh, the other closest one that I might consider would be... Let's see. The... No, not the Chargers, Bengals. The Seahawks over the Falcons. That would be the other, the other one. But... Uh, the Seahawks have a different logic behind everything they do, and I, they're, it's just all Russell Wilson, and that's it. So, again, I'm basing all this on previous year's histories, and despite how things change, the coaching staffs have been the same. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's got their stars back, and despite the fact that the Patriots don't have Tom Brady, they have Cam Newton, and Cam Newton is made the starter, and Cam Newton is very... He, he's a blockbuster dude, so, um, and I think with that year off, or you know, with that extended time off, his, his arm is finally healed, he earned that starting role, so I am going to, if New England's going to win, or if they have to win the show, if they're coming strong, this is the week for them to do it, and I have to try to play it safe this week for those two. So again, the $25 pool on BetOnline. Uh, .ag, I think it's $100,000 goes to the winner of it all, and if you have like multiple winners that split, that's cool, I'm fine with that. Um, the other one, again, for the free pool is Steelers. Now, moving on, uh, like I said, I kind of delved into more of what's going on, like how COVID and the teams are going to be reacting and how we don't have much information. Um, but because of that, this actually makes week one of the NFL very enticing, uh, because it, it, it's a double-edged sword. There's one. I'm going to be talking about spreads next and all the other betting types. But 
keep in mind that we have the least amount of information out there to date, which means that the Vegas lines, the lines in all your sports books, are completely over or undervaluing anything and everything. And this is the week if you're going to try to do any value picks or have any good matchups, this is it. This is the week to go big. And I won't be as confident in these picks, or at least I won't feel as zesty in how I talk about these picks um, moving forward. Only because there's so many unknowns that I'm really going after the fact, going after the Vegas, Vegas line uh, factor, I guess, you know, the, the mis misjudgment of Vegas lines. A lot of people say you can't beat Vegas. That's not true. It's just uh, the lines are really based off of what the casinos are trying to make off of kind of both ends of the spectrum. And uh, they generally win at the end of the day, but again, that doesn't mean we can't be in Portland in right now. A lot of the public is a little bit unsure, and they're basing their logic on a lot of old information. Not that I'm not, but I try to use my information based off of what I've seen in the past with current conditions that match past conditions. Very similar. So, or, you know, very similarly with those conditions. But again, it's not guaranteed. So this week, I've made, outside of survival, I've had 5, 8, 11, 14 picks overall. And it's spread out. So, like I said, get your notepad if you're still awake, or if you just want to listen to me ramble about sports and see um, right or wrong in a week or so. That's just as cool. So, in regards to spreads, if you are unfamiliar with spreads, and you're getting kind of new into uh, sports betting, spreads are effectively a handicap or, yeah, or effectively a handicap on whenever you pick a team. So, for example, uh, I think Seattle is facing the Falcons, and this is going to be the first game I'm going to be talking about, where Seattle is a minus two. And minus two means, essentially, Seattle has to win by like two and a half points or more for me to win the game. Or alternatively, um, it's essentially when you add the score up between both teams, you take away two points, and if Seattle still comes out ahead uh, versus the other team, then you still win. So on the flip side, if I pick Atlanta plus two, it means I'm betting on Atlanta to have, you know, if I gave them two extra points at the end of the game, they would actually score more than Seattle. So there's there are different, way, different ways to uh, to input and, and take that that interpretation, um, but I think those are the best two ways that I can explain it. So uh, so yeah, but so with that logic kind of explained, hopefully you guys are able to understand. I'm going to go down the spreads list, and this year I've actually added a couple more columns kind of in my spreadsheets uh, to go over each game, and then I offer them a star rating, and that's based off my confidence and how well I think I'm going to do. I'm still betting my even amount units um, this time around. I am betting, I think, uh, I think uh, $25 or $30 a game, or maybe $40. I don't know. Uh, I have a lot of money. <laughs> I, I built a bankroll playing poker um, during COVID because I couldn't play sports, so uh, I want I need, I need to clear my bonuses. So I uh, try to keep my units the same, and a unit is, a is your own denomination of a dollar amount that you bet. Uh, it keeps, keeps you... Keeps, it keeps you consistent when it comes to betting and tracking bets. That's why I like calling them units and not dollars. So let's dive into it. The first bet I have is Seattle, which is a five-star rating, which I believe I'm very confident in. Seattle is a minus two. And I like this pick. 
um, strictly for no other reason than Russell Wilson. I don't see how Atlanta is actually that close of an itch. I, I don't I don't see how Seattle should be minus two in this. Uh, I feel like in most games, I mean minus two actually makes sense for Seattle, but like I just don't see the line making sense against Atlanta specifically. I think last year, I think they won, I think they had like a 28-point lead, and then they kind of like let off the gas, and they barely won it, like with like six or seven points. And that was more on the coaching, and just how the team just played, like they just played to not lose at that point. However, when you have Russell Wilson, who is probably top one or top two um, quarterbacks in the NFL, um, you can make a case for top three if you really want to do uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and, uh, and Lamar Jackson. But Russell Wilson literally holds the team together. He is the offense. He is the most absurd player you ever would ever see. He thrives in every late game situation. And not only does he thrive in every late game situation, most of his most of his victories in late game situations often lead to two point, three point, four point victories. They win very slimly, but they don't lose often. And if I'm picking Seattle to win a game, and any line that's minus two or less, I always take that. Always take that. And especially a team that's Atlanta, which I know they have Matt Ryan, and I think they might have upgraded their wide receivers. It's, in my, in my head, it just doesn't stack up against Russell. Uh, you know, you put Seattle against the Chiefs, I would be more hesitant. You put him against, like, yeah, there's very few teams. And even Baltimore, I'd still, like, that minus two isn't too terrible. Uh, although I probably would pick Seattle straight up in that case. So minus two against the team Atlanta, that seems to be a huge miss. Like Atlanta probably, I mean, th this line should be like a minus six, minus five. And I don't know why it's minus two. Uh, I made that bet, and that's my five-star rating. Uh, you know, I can see the score being, I'm not going to record scores or try to track them down. That was for playoffs. But, I mean, I can easily see the score being like 32 to like 28 um, or 27 to like 12 in Seattle's favor, uh, but I, I just see Seattle winning this, and I kind of, like I said, I imagine every, I try to imagine the most likely scenarios and how the games are going to play out towards the end, and Seattle just knows how to win towards the end of the games, and the minus two feels very safe, considering even if they're behind, a two-point victory is enough to split, and they're, by, they're likely just going to be going for a bigger victory, or if you're going to be doing something to get to overtime, they might get the field goal win by three. It's a very safe pick, at least in my eyes, coming into week one. Uh, so that's that's uh, my top, I guess, five-star rating. This other one, this next one, it's going to sound absurd, and I I think this is done on um, mybookie.ag. Yes, I wrote it down. This is not only a five-star rating, this is the most ironclad lock of lifetime. And I'm not, this is not hyperbole, or, you know, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not messing with this. This line is Chiefs plus 54. I did not misspeak. Chiefs plus 54, meaning Chiefs have to lose by 54 points for you to lose this bet against the team where they scored, I think, 45 points or 35 points in a row in the playoffs. Houston. That's on my bookie. The standard line is supposed to be Chiefs minus 10. They made the line Chiefs plus 54. So the max bet is $50. And if you want to go on right now, go to my bookie. Uh, I don't have a promo code. 
Uh, I don't care about promo code stuff, but if you want me to, if you want me, if you want your extra money and you're happy, just ask, and I'll send you my uh, referral. But she's plus fifty-four. There's nothing more to say besides take the free money. This is a free money play. This is, a, you know, there's no caveat. It's just pet, put fifty bucks in, and the line's minus one ten. So. You know, the kiss you know gets, or the bookie takes like ten percent of your winnings, and you get forty-five dollars back, or something like that, plus your fifty. It's free money. I don't foresee Chiefs losing by fifty-four points. There's only been four teams in history that lost by fifty-four points or more, and I've only seen it once in my lifetime. And Chiefs are not the team. <laughs> so that's that. I don't need to dive more into it. This is just the easiest pick in the world. This next one is a very interesting one because I don't, I honestly don't like betting favorites. I love betting underdogs for spreads because one of any game on Sunday and two, it plays a lot of, it plays a lot with team momentums and I'm very good at doing that. In this case, I'm picking a favorite here, Patriots minus six. Now that almost sounds counterintuitive to when I said survival here. Uh, I have the Patriots probably winning closely and I'm trying to be safe. But I'm double downing on Cam Newton in this case. This is going to be a game where if I'm going to lose, if I'm going to lose, if I'm going to lose the spread, I believe I'm going to lose the pick overall. Like, and I'm 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 double downing. I'm going all in on this one. So I now I think I'm not only am I just picking the Patriots to win the game. I think Cam Newton's going to show the world he's freaking Cam Newton, and this is going to be one of the biggest shellackings you'll ever see. On the flip side, they're gonna get, they're either gonna get crushed. I feel like there's no in between. Uh, it, it just for week one. Now, if there is a weird in between where the Patriots are gonna lose or you know, they might lose and it's a close game, again, I'd rather take my survival pick and move on. So I'm kind of hedging against myself. But this one is a four-star rating. I give the Patriots that. And like I said, I just I'm not gonna bet against Cam Newton. He's fresh. He's healthy. There's a lot of doubts, but he seems dialed in. Uh, and he was an MVP two years ago, so you don't, you know, you don't, you don't bet against that. And uh, yeah, and with no crowds or no pressure early in Cam, like I feel like he's just gonna go gung ho. I almost made this a five-star pick, but with the Seattle Seahawks and the Chiefs picks, relatively speaking, I can't be as confident with the Patriots. Like I said, it's either gonna be one way or the other, so that's why I give it a four-star rating. Now, this next one, I also gave a four-star rating, and. This is going to be the Arizona Cardinals plus seven against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this one seems interesting because San Francisco has held pretty strong throughout the offseason, uh, whereas Arizona has uh, significantly upgraded for themselves with uh, DeAndre Hopkins now on their team. Kyler Murray has been warming up. He's been almost on fire towards the end of the season, and everything's clicking together. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the coach, he's been phenomenal. He's like an offensive genius. Um, they matched very well with San Francisco and held their own both games. I think uh, Arizona scored, I think, 24 and like 28 points against uh, San Francisco's like 31 and 35. Uh, so the upgrades that Arizona has against the 49ers, plus taking away the home field advantage that San Francisco 49ers no longer have, the plus seven actually, this was the same line that I saw last year, the one when San Francisco was much hotter. 
and I think Arizona is going to come out much stronger than a year ago. I wasn't an I wasn't sold on Arizona a year ago when they uh, played against the Lions, but Kyler Murray did show signs of life, and he is finally clicking. He's starting to run on most cylinders. I don't know. I don't know how how big this guy's going to get this year, but this is a sneaky dark horse team, and I would not be surprised if Arizona beats the 49ers flat out. So that's that's my take, and I think Arizona is just going to come out very strong. They're going to punch San Francisco, San Francisco in the mouth. Their division rivals, and the plus seven within the touchdown is very much within the realm of what would really happen. Uh, given, you know, there might be some anti-game shenanigans, and of course that happens in every game, but the Cardinals, I just don't foresee them, uh, you know, getting beat severely, and... The 49ers are a team that are primarily defense, and they score a lot of points from my experience. I mean, they run a lot, and they have a lot of short fields because of their defense. I don't think that's going to be the case this this week in the opener. Uh, I figure one of those teams are actually, are actually going to start slow, and it's not going to be Arizona. And in this one is a sneaky dark horse pick. Like I said, I love my underdog spreads, uh, and I love this pick. Even though it's a, even though it's a four-star, uh, I... Picking up. Now the last spread pick that I have this week is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now I forget who they're playing. Uh, I don't think it's a strong team. I'm gonna double check here. They're facing the not the Browns. Let me, yeah, they are facing. Okay, back up. Not the preseason. Not the preseason. Chargers. No, I forget who is actually on the Chargers. I need to look at this. Uh, but frankly, there isn't much for me to discuss in this game. It's honestly me. Uh, well, the Chargers got rid of, I think, Richard Brees, and I forgot who's starting for the Chargers. Um, let's see. Chargers starting QB. Now, it doesn't sound good when I forget the, car when I forget the QB name. But... You know, it's like Justin Herbert, Eaton Stick, and Tyrod Taylor. So I think it's just a bunch of rookies, or Tyrod is kind of just like a middle of the pack, lower, 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 lower run QB. And I haven't really witnessed too many changes that San Francisco has done in the offseason, and they're kind of a lackluster team to begin with. Now, Cincinnati isn't that great to begin with as well, but I've seen and studied the a little bit more of Joe Burrow's tapes. The dude is wicked smart. The dude seems to be comprehending everything in the league absurdly fast. He almost has that Peyton Manning-esque feel to him. And I'm, I'm pretty sure other analysts have said something like that too. I don't consider myself a quote an analyst, but at least in sports. However, I think the Burrow factor in this is going to be enough for them to win. And wins, I think, by more than three points. Um, this is a three-star rating pick. I don't, I generally don't like having low-confidence picks um, outside of that. Like, anything that I'm not feeling great about, I don't do, I don't like betting on teams that I am just don't have any, that much information on. But I do like to bet on teams that have, like I said, overlying or underlying factors that most people just tend to not pay attention to. So the fact that I think not only Cincinnati can win the game, the fact that they are an underdog, uh, strikes me as odd one. Um, so I have to take the plus three. I think they're going to win the game flat out. And even on the plus three line, depending on where you get it from, is an even 100. So that means like 
you get fifty dollars. If you want to do that, you get you win fifty dollars back. There's no there's no casino break in this case uh, for for that line. So I think the Bengals are going to be much stronger than the plus three, and that's that's kind of my pick there. And except 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 it's a it's a three star rating only because I'm make, banking more on Joe Burrow. Um, there isn't much going off of the history there, but I just know. I think the borough factor is real, and I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is, and that's why I'm making that bet. Now, let's talk over-unders. I have three. Over-unders are pretty straightforward. If you There's, there's a, a number of total points that are scored in a game, and that's essentially what the over-under is. And... I have a philosophy that this week, because there are no crowds, there's going to be more flow with offensive teams, and I initially was going to pick an over in every single game and call it that, and use that logic, but, you know, I want to be a little bit smarter. I want to be more selective. So I picked three teams that, three games that I think are going to have the over that I'm fairly confident in. So first one is the Pats against the Dolphins. The line currently is 43 points, and I'm picking the over 43. I think with the Pats-Dolphins, I think this is, like I said, this is Cam's coming out party. I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they are will they will be able to score probably between 14 to 20 points. The Pat Patriots' defense tends to be bend but not break, and they generally get a better feel for what they do throughout the end of the season, mid and end of the season versus beginning. So they're going to give up a lot more points than normal. And I think Cam Newton himself in the whole Patriots offense, I think they're easily going to be in the mid-20s, uh, maybe in the 30s. So I think in my head, I think the game's going to probably be something along the lines of like like maybe like 33 to like like 18 to 22 or something like that. So again, that's like over 50 points scored in my head. In worst case scenario, maybe it might be like 24 to like 17. Uh, so that's like 41 points, but I think I, I just don't think uh, I, I just I just don't think that's gonna happen too frequently at the lower end of the spectrum. I think you know worst case is like 41 points. The best case is 53. You know, in my head, 85% of the time this is a good pick. Like that's how I think. I think 85% of the time this is a good pick. Over 43. I'm gonna take those odds almost any day of the week. I don't have a star rating. Um, I'm only doing star ratings for spreads. The, the other over-unders and underdogs are strictly for value picks that I believe makes sense. And the best I can do is track them. So, over 43 points for the Pats and Dolphins. I feel very confident about that. The other game is the Cardinals and 49ers. Now, if you notice a trend here is that there are certain teams I'm very acute with. Uh, I, I think this game's going to be a shootout. I think if Arizona is running in all cylinders, San Francisco, San Francisco will do its way to do what it can to stay in. Uh, and I just think this is going to be a very close game. It's probably going to be something along the lines of like 24-27, uh, maybe 20, you know, 21-27, 21-28, 30-24, like those types of games. And the off chance that Arizona is not running on all cylinders, then this game might actually be like like 21 to like 13. That's very plausible. But again, I'm really banking on Kyle Murray here, and I that's pretty much like the essence of what I'm getting at. And if I didn't believe in him, I would actually go the under. Uh, but 
between like Garoppolo and I don't and I, and again this is the first week in the NFL there's just so much shenanigans that could going on with no with no home field advantage. I feel fairly safe. I think like 65% of the time uh, I think the over works here. And I'm trusting, like I said, I'm leaning on the side where Kyler Murray pops off. And everything is amazing out of the game. So I'm fairly confident with this one with the over at 47.5. Uh, I probably wouldn't go anything above like 48. So like this is probably the, the max line that I'm willing to go feeling comfortable. And the last one is the Jets versus Bills. Which you're thinking, what? Like the Jets? How the hell? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, the thing is, the Bills, I think, uh, they're starting to come together offensively. And the Jets, I think they have set a terrible season last year. But uh, I think I think Sam Darnold is just more dealt with just terrible coaching and just terribleness all the way around. I don't foresee that happening this year. And, you know, I, I can imagine like a 17-21 game probably uh, I can imagine that but like the over 40 it just seems a little bit off to me um, I think that's more of a Vegas mistake I feel like the line should be like 42 43 but I am basing this strictly based off of Vegas lines here and my gut this one I don't believe if you don't if you don't go after this if you don't bet this one um, this is strictly a field base all the other ones I have I feel really good about but this one just seems like a like an anomaly more of an oddball type game so uh, and again I want to get more volume in for for these types of unexpected games and lastly this is interesting we're going to talk about underdog picks and underdog money line picks so I talked about spreads I talked about over-unders what do I mean by underdog money line picks well Similar to survival football leagues or any NFL pickums that you do, you pick a team to win, you generally win. You know, it's like a win. It counts as like a record one or no. Uh, but in Vegas, if you want to bet on teams to win outright, they have odds. And in this case, if you have a very strong team, to, um, case in point, I think it's like tomorrow's game, Kansas City. They're a minus 10 spread, but if you bet on them to win flat out, and they call it the money line, um, that line is minus 440, meaning that for every $440 you bet, you're gonna win. You're gonna get $100 back plus your 440, and that also means you'd have to win. Like Kansas City has to win, I think, like 85% of the time for that to be profitable. I am not about that life. I'm all about value, miss lines, and long-term plays. And this is the best week for me to find the best value because there's so much incomplete information. And yes, I could be wrong in all these picks. Easily be wrong in all these picks. But knowing that long-term, if I get one of these three right or one of two very frequently I'm going to come out ahead and last year when I did this I was down by about 10 units and I ended up roaring back to somehow finish above uh, and get my plus one unit so while this long-term play I wasn't as selective as I should have been that being said week one I'm going to go gung-ho and I'm going to be more selective in different weeks but like I said this is the most nonsensical week and I love it this is a sports by stream, a football person stream. This is great. So, I have six picks this week. And they're all underdogs. And uh, they're quite spicy. So, the first one I have the Tampa Bay Bucks. Which, yes, the Tom Brady Chargers Tampa Bay. Or, sorry, Tom Brady Bucks. They are an underdog against the 
New Orleans Saints. I don't get it. I don't bet against Tom Brady. The Buccaneers can also come out flat, but it seems like everything and everyone is running in all cylinders. Tom Brady is wanting to play the game he wants to play. This is honestly going to be probably his green year um, to see how it all pans out. So not only am I expecting the Buccaneers to win, uh, I, I just don't see them losing. Uh, if they lose, you know, it's on me. No, it's not them, but that pick would be wrong. But I just, I can I can see this being a close game. And the line for the Tampa Bay Bucks is plus 160. So, you know, they would have to win, I believe, like 60% of the time or something like that. And I think, no, not even that. No, because the Bucks have to win like 40% of the time or 35. There's some, yeah, I, I don't have my uh, calculator up. But I think they would win about 40% of the time for this to be profitable. And I think they win half the time. And this is, this is a big miss in Vegas. Vegas line. Like, I'm taking this bet hundred times. I know this is a profitable play. And, you know, that, that's as far as I can say with, with the logic behind it. Uh, again, these are going to be long-term value plays that are based off of Vegas' missed lines, and this is going to be the best week for us to do this, because once, once week one happens, we're going to have more information, and these lines will never exist ever again. Or at least to a certain extent. So, I have Tampa Bay Bucks underdog pick, plus 160. The other one, I've talked about them before, and this is going to be the third time I mention the, their name. The Arizona Cardinals. They are plus 265 with an upgraded offense, like the Warren Sink team coming in, feeling really good at the end of last season with, with the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. And they're facing, I believe, you know, the team that lost the Super Bowl, the 49ers. I just don't think the 49ers are going to... You know, I feel like they're going to win. They could win. Um... They're probably going to win like 60% of the time. But when the odds are plus 265, it pretty much means that I think like 70% or 75% of the time, it's, you know, San Francisco should that I mean, it's, it's pretty much saying San Francisco should win like 75% of the time, I believe. And I think my numbers are off. It might even be more. And I just think San Francisco is only going to win this like 60% of the time. It's a lot closer than what people think. And this is a huge miss on Vegas line as well. So I have Arizona at plus 265, and I'm feeling very confident. Like, I'm not feeling confident they're going to win flat out, but I feel like it's like they're going to win like 40% of the time. And that, those odds should be much worse if they're going to win 40% of the time, but it's not. So plus 265 Arizona Cardinals, that's my pick. The next one is Cincinnati Bengals, plus 160. I already told you flat out, I, I just don't think I just think this is a complete miss. I think I think Cincinnati is flat out the better team. I think they're going to win flat out. With Joe Burrow, he, he will be the X factor. And I just don't see them losing. I just feel like, I feel like Cincinnati actually wins this. Like 50 plus percent of the time. 50 to 55 percent of the time. Meaning that their correct odds should be plus 100 or even a minus. So again, this seems like a very big miss in Vegas, Vegas lines. It just seems really off. Uh, and the next one, uh, New York Jets plus 250. Honestly, I, the way I see this game, the Jets and Bills, I think the Bills have good defense, but I don't think they're strong offensively, and I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, Low-scoring-ish game. Like I said, 17 to 21 might, might be ideal. Uh, could be over, could be under, but I, I feel like there's going to be some wonking this year. But in a close games like this, and I feel like the Bills probably win this like 60% of the time, it's nowhere near 
where the line is at for the plus 250. So I'm taking them. I'm taking the Jets. The next team, this one is a bit of a long shot. Um, and this is the Jaguars plus 335. And I forget who they're playing. Like I said, I made all these picks before, but let me pull it up. Jaguars. Come back here. Sorry for these clicks. Can you hear the clicks? I'm sorry. But I want to make sure we are all... Yeah, they're facing the Colts. I think the Colts have a, a Teddy Bridgewater now um, versus the Jaguars. Honestly, I just don't... I, I feel like with the Gardner Minshew, these games are going to be a lot closer than anticipated. And actually, when I'm talking out loud, I don't know the spread for the Jaguars game. I might actually go back and make that bet. But the line itself is plus 335, which means, I think... Let me pull this up. Alright, I pulled it up, for real this time. Uh, for the odds converter. So yeah, the plus 335 line means that the implied probability is 23%. So one out of four times, Jaguars should win this to be profitable. I think they win this one out of three times. Which means that their actual that, that the actual good line that they need to have is plus 203. So there, I think the line, I think the Vegas line for that to be correct is plus 203 or probably plus 205. But the current line is plus 335 for the Jaguars. And again, this is a big miss in Vegas lines. A lot of people are buying to the hype. This is the week where all the public is going gaga in football. They don't know what they're talking about. I might not know what I'm talking about, but I like the line in general. I feel like this is a profitable play long term. Big time. So I'm picking the Jaguars 335. Plus 335, I should say. And the very last pick is the Washington football team. And this is plus 230. And this one, I feel like, is close. Because I... I... I feel very weird about Washington this year. Like, I feel like they're going to be a dark horse anomaly. They've been making a lot of changes, like, internally. This might be a really terrible pick. But hear me out. So the plus 230 implies 30% probability. And I just think this is a slight edge. This one, okay, I'm talking myself almost out of it, but I already made the bet, so. I think Washington wins this game against, excuse me, against the Eagles probably like 33, 35% of the time. And the implied probability is 30% of the time. And this is a close one. Like I said, this one I feel like could go either way. Um, it's not my highest confidence pick, but I think it's still a miss line with uh, the line, like with Washington. Probably should be about like plus two something. Uh, the actual odds should be in my head. Yeah, like 33, yeah, plus two or three. So it's a slight edge. And I wanted, and this is one where I'm taking the slight edge over a massive edge, just to see how it goes. So there you have it, guys. Tampa Bay Bucks plus 160, Cardinals plus 265, Bengals plus 160, New York Jets plus 250, Jaguars plus 335, Washington plus 230. Those are the biggest ones where I feel like the Vegas Lions odds are way off, or Washington's like slightly off. But I want to see how that game goes. And that's it, guys. I don't know if uh, I'll be doing this next week or kind of in the future, but I really wanted to get this episode out because I love talking about NFL, and if I find time, I'm going to keep trying to do these. Maybe I'll have to get up a little bit earlier to talk about these episodes, uh, but 
Uh, I'm transitioning to parting words. I have no transition, so parting words. Here we go. So transitioning. So I think uh, in regards to the NFL, I, I, I don't know. I love talking about the NFL. And I love talking about a lot of things. It's just these days I've been super busy. Uh, if you guys have been active listeners to the podcast, you know I talk about a variety of subjects, and a lot of my subjects tend to go kind of, it's more of an ebb and flow, or I'll talk about certain things for a while, or I'll jump back and forth, and there's generally an intent behind that I, like, find what I talk about, and that's generally the case of just things that I just like to talk about, things that are going on in my life at that moment, and what I'm doing, and hopefully it helps you guys, um, you know, at some sort, or to offer some sort of value for you guys at the end of the day. Whether it's just looking at books or, or, you know, reading good books, uh, finding good value, making good sports picks, or even just going to sleep or just learning more about sleep. I don't think I have the time to commit to this moving forward. And uh, like I said, I want to keep doing these episodes, but in, in the grand scheme of things, you guys have seen me talk about startup ideas, like, you know, my big series. And if you notice why I haven't really talked about that recently, it's because I've kind of moved on beyond just the idea portion, and I focused a lot of my efforts strictly on on just solving problems, um, just in my personal and professional life, and that's kind of taken me on a whirlwind of different opportunities, unique opportunities that I've never anticipated or planned for, and, you know, these are opportunities and things that are allowing me to turn a lot of these ideas into life or, or offering me a better, a better way to turn these things into fruition, so to speak. So, uh, you know, I'm going to roll with that, and I know because of that, I have to kind of drop priority in a lot of things, and the podcast is one of them. And uh, on the flip side, I do want to talk about the podcast, like do the podcast, and talk about things that really interest me, because I think that shows passion, that shows interest. And on the flip side, you know, I don't really anticipate many new listeners to listen at this point. Uh, you know, I, I have not looked at my, like, analytics or stats in months, to be honest with you. I mean, I'll look at it right now. You know, this is us talking. If you're still awake and you can't fall asleep, I'm, you know, I, I feel you. Like, I'm not joshing you. <laughs> I've been, I have my Fitbit. I've been looking at my sleep schedule, and up until about a week ago, it was atrocious. Uh, I was getting scores in the 50s and 60s, not more. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not doing well. But, that being said, I'm looking at my numbers now, yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, where's my episode list? Like, the last episode, I've had, like, 900, 839 downloads, but I don't know when I released it. It, like, I released it three weeks ago. So, yeah, I'm getting, like, a thousand downloads a month or something like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I, love, I, I think that's pretty cool. But, like, I haven't, I haven't, like, looked. I haven't, like, obsessed about the numbers. And, uh, honestly, I haven't really been, like, on social media as much. I haven't been doing too much. I've really just been heads down, really focusing on what I want to do and just trying to, trying to be more tunnel vision with that and let the outside, let the external stuff just brush it off because, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but 
uh, I, you know, I'm generally curious to see how many people are sleeping, or you know, how well you're sleeping and what's causing you to not fall asleep. And for me, it's been a variety of getting inside my own head, a lot of mind chatter, a lot of temperature conditions, or for me, I had like a few weeks where I was kind of just like had a beer or two, um, a little too late at night and it kept me hot and I couldn't, couldn't sleep. Uh, you know, I talk about like lucid dreams and dreaming and I've been actively trying to improve that. Um, and it hasn't, hasn't gone the way I wanted it to. Uh, because I would often just try to think too much in my own head and keep my mind running and it would actually hurt my sleep quality and so I've been making a lot of changes to that as well and you know you guys should get a feel for me like how I talk and how I do things is that you know I don't like doing one thing um, that's not working for so long and I'm gonna do whatever I can to change it and make things better for myself and I find it ridiculous that people don't do that it just seems like a logical solution. So I keep doing that. So a little bit of a transition um, in regards to lucid dreaming and sleep. Uh, you know, I've been trying to change my mindset a lot more to where you know, I'm taking more time to focus on my work, focus more time on learning, focus more time on kind of observing and being more mindful about things around me and setting goals for dates and trying to keep myself not just busy but like actually productive and the way i think about this is like if i'm looking forward to something say by the end of october and and i have the option to do nothing and wait versus just being keeping myself like really track really productive and setting a roadmap and just doing things that like super successful people do and just like commit 100 percent to it I realize that time flies a lot faster, and at the same time, it goes absurdly slow. So I feel like I'm actually getting a lot of value into that. And that being said, uh, you know, I've actually—it's actually made me look forward to like getting up most days to kind of keep progressing, like kind of like how I was a kid, where you know you would uh, you would get up and you're like, oh, you know, I'm doing this today, I'm doing all these things, all these adventures, and that's kind of like where I feel like I'm heading towards. And, to, and I like that. You know, that works for me. On the flip side, is I've been trying this new thing, and I've seen an ad on Facebook, and I've read many reviews for the last couple months, and I've mentioned it a couple times in the parting episode, in the, in the parting words section, is uh, trying soul drops. You know, these are like liquid drops that are based off of like all natural plants, and they have all this research, and they have like different types, and ones for like getting up and stay focused, the other one is for like relaxation towards the end of the day, and the other one is for dreams, creativity and dreaming. And I figured, you know, I can't, you know, I really suck at dreaming, <laughs> like I really do. And I was just overthinking about it, and I just kept thinking, okay, well maybe I'll just finally get these soul drops, and we'll see how it goes. So I'm like day four or five into it. And I can let you know, like, day one, I kind of had a dream, like, you know, I kind of recalled it. Day two, I had a vivid dream, but I was, you know, recalled it a little bit more. Day three was nothing, or night three. And night four, and last night, um, the dreams have gotten, like, more and more vivid. And I can actually recall it. And that's a significant improvement compared to literally before. And it was, it's almost, I don't want to say it's almost getting to the point to where I was like, like being a kid, but uh, it's, it's, it's getting to the point to where I can start thinking like, okay, well, 
that, you know, I wake up, I start the day, there's a lot of stuff going on, awesome, and now I'm hopefully I can start getting into the mindset and, and a schedule where I want to actually, I don't know, maybe my body starts wanting to go to sleep more because now I can dream more a little bit, and it's like a, it's like a non-stop way of experiencing and doing more things, whether it's like in real life or dreaming or whatever I, or whatever I want to expand into. That's what I want to do, and I talk about lucid dreaming, and that's that's big. You know, I love, I would love to lucid dream, but my, but I talk to me to lucid dream if I can barely even dream or even recall dreams. So it, like I said, that's a, that's a long process, and I'm only at day five of the soul drop, so uh, maybe I'll have an episode dedicated to talking about that. Uh, maybe I'll have a partnership with them if it works out, and that, you know that'd be pretty cool. But uh, but for now. Uh, I figure that's just the stuff that's going on, and you know, I just want to let you guys know, I, I know at this point I do have a decent amount of listeners, so you know, I just don't want to drop off the face of the earth, and I want you guys to you know, hopefully understand where I'm coming from, and hopefully these episodes help you get a better idea of a mindset that I like to have, and hopefully it's some of the things that you guys can practice yourself, and see how that goes, because... I, you know, I don't think people should just be suffering in their sleep and yeah, trying to sleep. I've done it before, and the insomnia bug did get me again. You know, I talked about how it never, you know, how it happened, and then how it kind of stopped, and then I've been battling that pretty roughly for the last um, few weeks up until recently. So it's not fun, um, but you know, it's uh, it is what it is, and we get got to do what we can to change what we do daily and see how we progress, you know, we're not doing anything to change, uh, nothing is going to change, so that's just the way I see it, but that's enough, that's enough talking, I know this has been a longer episode, um, but, you know, this is kind of my favorite part, and this recording, this, recording this episode after not recording for like three weeks, it, it's good, so if you're looking, for, looking forward, to, uh, looking towards more episodes in the future, I'm going to try to do more episodes that are at least try to be weekly with the NFL stuff. I cannot guarantee that it will exist. These episodes are probably just be little one-offs, and I hope you guys understand. Uh, I know there are probably other sleeping podcasts out there that have more frequency and that help you fall asleep, and I encourage you to listen to them as well. And because I know like, my podcast is not going to be enough, or at least at the rate that I'm churning them out, it's not going to be enough. So the best I can do is just offer, you know, a next step or recommendation guidance. And with that being said, uh, that's it, guys. So until next time, take care and dream easy.